get to the premier American uh, luthiers, uh, luthier house. I'm not saying that it's the best luthiers. I'm sure there's other luthiers around the country. Send it to Willie Nelson's luthier. That are just as good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the guy's name is Earl Wine. Earl Wine. Uh, early Wine, I think. Earl Wine? Or, I think it's Early Wine. And um, he's the <clears> one <throat> that works on, on those instruments there. Uh, so that's it's a really good Can you find place. a number? Can you send me a... Uh, Remember, maybe, yeah, that sounds like a great, great idea to send it to Willie Nelson's Luthier. Is I it would. Because you would or wouldn't? Yes, I would. Yeah, because it's a nice guitar. Yes, it I is. Miss it's, it. it's an original American guitar and it deserves the. They're going to love it. If it's good enough for Willie Nelson, it's good enough for me. Are there. You think they're maybe affordable too, or are they? Uh, I don't know. Might I don't be, know how much might they be would pretty charge. damn expensive if they're Willie Nelson's. You know, maybe they raise their prices because of that. Mm, no, I think they're just you know basic American labor that wants to be paid good American Down wages, like, like back in yeah. like back in the day. It'll probably be <clears> at least. Two to three hundred dollars, maybe five, maybe a thousand bucks. Whoa. I'm not gonna lie to you. Holy shit. But it just depends on them. How much was that thing? Like five it was over five hundred dollars. Oh, back in the day. It was uh but yeah. Once you get it new. Um, I think maybe even more. Yeah, it's American money. We're an American band. We're an American band. We're coming to your house. Gonna take everybody out. We're an American band. This chicken has a lot of character, man. A lot of charisma. He's a strong, silent type. Chicken. Nice smile. I like your smile. Let me see your smile. Smile. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard a chicken laugh today. It sounded just like a just like a cackling lady. <laughs> hmm. Can you can hear the um, roosters in the? <laughs> All the roosters, like chiming. Yeah, but it's it's a common thing, you know. It's not right. Yeah, charming. I find it charming. All these roosters, kind of like having a bunch of broken alarm clocks <laughs> going off at all times of day and night. American band. Good. Badass chicken. He looks 
He looks just like Ninja Chicken, but he's he's nice. Ninja Chicken is horrible. I had to give give him back Ninja Chicken. He's attacking everybody. This is scary. Even the small chicken too. It's never seen. I've never seen a small ninja chicken, but this motherfucker was quite a quite a fat warrior. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> Stealthy. Can, I don't think Stealthy they can, AF. Huh? I don't think they can give you a proper and honest uh, appraisal. Appraisal over the phone. They're probably going to say that you got to send it. Uh-huh. And uh, they'll tell you when they get it. That's probably the way they do it. Unless you want to take pictures. But I, I call. Can, we'll, we'll I can put your name. You want me to put your name? For, oh, let's. So, that, yeah, if we're contact Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trista? Yeah. You want Trista? Sure, yeah, you can have them what contact name, me. What last name are you using? Um, Di Genova. By the way, it's Lady Trista Di Genova now. Is it small D, little E, and then big yeah, D? Yeah, small D, yeah. I don't know. D-I space e -E capital G. Genova. Yeah. Ah! Like Genovese, but this town, Genoa, is the town in, in Italiana. What email should I give them? Trista for Potas, for number Potas, P O T U S, um, at Gmail. Trista Cuatro. Cuatro. Cuatro? El numero cuatro. Oh, the number four? Trista C four. Potas. P O T U S. Potus. Potus. What is that, Latin? It's his president of the United States. Trista for Potus at uh -huh. gmail.com? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Potus? Is it Latin? Yeah. <laughs> No, it sounds Latin, but it's it's an acronym. Van Mierde. Subject. Um, Fixing innovation. American ovation. Mm-hmm. Repair. American six-string innovation. Listen, Snowy. Écoute. 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 He's listening. Do you have any questions? Um, yeah, ballpark figure of how much it, it might cost. The instrument technician questions. How can our <laughs> instrument technicians assist you? Uh, I would like a recommendation for a tool. I need assistance with a Stumac instrument kit. Any assistance with a Stumac pedal or amp kit? I have questions about guitar finishing. I want to know if this hardware, tuners, bridge, etc. will fill my instrument, fit my instrument. I have a guitar building question. I have a question regarding upgrading the electronics on my guitar. Hmm. What about repairs? I have a question about repairs. Hmm. Is there a number or a contact for inquiries? Or appraisals or whatever? It's not one of the choices. 
What's the name of it again? Early wine? Lucares? Sumac. Oh, that one. Sumac. Yeah, oh, is that the same one as uh, Early Wine? Or what? Yeah, that's where he works. Oh, okay. I gotta put something in this field, though. It doesn't let me go forward. Stumac. I'm gonna go to. I have a guitar building class in Hawaii. Yeah. Monday. Get in touch with you and you tell them the situation. Okay. Sounds groovy. Da 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 groovy. I have a American. Guitar. I oh, oh! <laughs> I meant to ask Anthony you yes. Listen, little guy. Oh no. Why don't you get out of here? Come on, scram. I have an I have an American ovation six string guitar in need of repair. Yep. <clears throat> Dun, 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 dun. Groovy. Please inform me of the steps required. Please inform me of the steps required. Um, or how I can get an appraisal how to repair it. That's got to be a professional. Yeah. Please inform me of the steps required. Gideon V. Wainwright. I don't know what that is, but... I'm not a robot. <laughs> guitars coming I got uh, yeah a couple acoustic like a small one it's really beautiful it's like a it was like a journey tribute guitar I think you know and it has like these pretty wings I think it's a, like a smaller guitar but it's so beautiful and then there was this other one that was um sunburst new Acoustic, uh, I mean, like sunburst style was style. I'm trying to remember the the uh, thing. I got that Fender, got that Fender, um, which uh, when the electronics are replaced, that can be plugged in acoustic, like my Ovation. So that was something I was looking forward to. Fender too. I think it's only fifty bucks. Cause it's, cause it's, uh, you know, it's got like dents and stuff, apparently, but it sounds good. 
this, say. Eh? You know, it's in poor condition. It's 50 bucks for a fender. I mean, like... Um... <clears throat> Could play as an acoustic until I get the electronics fixed. Super duper. Bueno. I'm gonna send you. <laughs> That was like a techno song in the 90s, like early 90s. Maybe house. Maybe it's like Bel I should look into like Belgian house music. Or was it techno? Just to be into that. Let's see, old school techno and retro house mix, early 90, 90s Belgian sound. That sounds pretty bitchin'. Hitachi. The, the, the guy here in uh, Tucson that uh, is really, really good. Yeah, He's done a couple things on my guitars. Uh -huh. He's very expensive. Oh. But he's the best here in Tucson. We always talk about him. I always hear about him. Because I've asked a lot in the past. Different uh, guitar shops, not just Guitar Center. And I ask him, you know, who their luthier is. And it's Mike Cutler. Mike Cutler. He's fucking great. But he's expensive. But may not. He's not going to be any more expensive than I love this shit. It's great. Here's what he looks like. Right? That's the Stumac. Wait, no. This is Mike Luth. Oh, the Luth here in town? Yeah, he's here in town. I think he's at a shop that's at uh, 830 East 17th Street. That's over there downtown. Located in Tucson Party Rents. Hmm. Fast forwards. He's very, very good. And if you can't get Stu Mac or if, they, if it's too much hassle, or if they won't do it, just anyway. You know, you gotta be Willie Nelson. You gotta be Willie Nelson for them to do it. No, I don't think that, I don't think that the, the way it is, I think that uh, Sumac, wherever they're located, they take people, they take people to walk in. I don't know, because I've seen the guy on YouTube doing repairs for, for other people. So I think they do do repairs. I don't know why it wasn't one of the choices. Must be like a little 
apartment that you rents and turn it into a shop. So yeah, he's going to be expensive because his rent's going to be probably $1,200 a month. What's it called? Luthier's? Luthier's Bench. Hmm. 830 East 17th? Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What's his phone number though? Twenty-one likes. Hey ho! This is badass shit. How come it's only got twenty-two listens or twenty-two likes? Over twenty years old. It's nine people. years old. I mean, not, posted nine years ago. It's only got twenty-two likes. Mm. Wow. My friend made a mixtape. Remember those? Mixtape for me of like cool songs. She had great. I'll have to, I'll have to ask her. <clears throat> She's still in contact. I I took her. I was her guide in Italy to do some family research.
Guess what? Comedy Central is fucking following me. Isn't that cool? Right there. <laughs> Whoops. I think I posted that on the Justice Department. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. <clears throat> oh yeah, I need to go pick up my um chicken chicken burger. Oh yeah. New subpoenas! Yay! Live. Trump gets hit. From every angle as prosecutors close in. Okay, let's go, Brandon. Guys, let's go, Brandon. 
this starter pack when you click. I have a horrible habit of grinding my teeth. Oh no, just fuck no, me up please. Well, our sponsor, fuck Fume, off. is on a mid- That shit. ...is upon us, and we are... Oh, hold on, hold on. Indictment Yay. season Yay. is upon us, Yay. and we are on indictment Yay. watch here at the Midas Touch Network. As of this live recording, Donald Trump has not been criminally indicted yet, yet, by the <laughs> Manhattan District Attorney's Office. But the news of an indictment could break at any moment, literally at any moment. This would be the first time in American history That someone who held the title president, didn't deserve it, that's for sure, but who held the title president is criminally indicted. No one is above the law, and our democracy depends on that principle. And by the way, have you seen these media appearances by Donald Trump's new lawyer, Joe Takapina? You know that Mark Twain quote? better to remain silent and be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> that expression is very, very true. Meanwhile, more members of the Fulton County Special Grand Jury that investigated Donald Trump's criminal conduct in Georgia and prepared a report recommending criminal indictments. They spoke on background okay. with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is Atlanta's paper of record, and they have revealed that their findings, once it's made public, will be absolutely massive and earth-shaking. So I can't wait to uh, get that report, that's for sure. And then let's turn to special counsel Jack Smith and Jack Mad Smith. Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> Mad Dog Jack Smith. Diaper Federal Don, Criminal of Donald Trump, where dozens Psycho. of staffers from Mar-a-Lago <laughs> have been subpoenaed before the federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Mad Dog strikes again. <laughs> and uh, a major MAGA Republican benefactor and Steve Bannon's closest buddy and business associate, the exiled Chinese billionaire Guo Wenwei, who helped fund CPAC and spread MAGA conspiracies on social media, was arrested and charged with a $1 billion fraud investment scheme Stealing money from investors who, to support his lavish lifestyle, a 50,000 square foot home, a yacht where Steve Bannon was previously... <laughs> what does a 50,000 square foot home look like? <laughs> I don't know. It's certainly not the hotel room that Brett made fun of me for being yeah, in. Jordy made fun of you. Brett, why did you Jordy, Jordy, Jordy said you were living in a closet. 50,000 square foot home. 
and also funding causes to destroy our democracy. Also, an action show the DOJ is investigating Trump Media, the holding company for Trump's Truth Social, for potentially laundering millions of dollars from Russian oligarchs connected directly to Vladimir Putin to try and save the failing company. MAGA Republicans continue to spread more conspiracy. They leak classified information and they have spent the week feigning fake outrage over washing machines. Meanwhile, back to normalcy. President Biden continues to secure deals, uh, having companies reduce the cost of insulin. Biden remains steadfastly focused on uh, implementing yeah. policies to make that American lives better. And look, normalcy, maybe, maybe stability, compassion, <laughs> decency. It's President Biden for you right now. Do I agree with him on everything? No, I, I, I don't. But normalcy. Woosa, this is. Woosa. We got a woosa. We got a woosa. We got a Mark Twain quote. I, this episode is going to be lit, as the kids say. I just know you, you never know what's going to come out of Ben's mouth, and that's what I, that's what I love. You're going to hear some new phrase every single time. Guys, I love indictment season already. Indictment season. The, the freak out, the panic, the, the night sweats, everything we're seeing from Donald Trump. It's such a delight. You know, it, it feels like Game of Thrones a little bit. It feels like we're about to approach Donald Trump's red wedding, so to speak, where it's just going to rain down indictment, 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 indictment. Let and it oh, rain. I cannot Let wait. I will say I'm feeling, it, you know, a, a little under the weather, but bike. indictment season is a very sweet, sweet antidote. And I Let will just save my voice Let there and turn it over to Jordy. Jordy, how are you today? Right. I'm doing well. I, I hope you feel better. I, I'm so I, sorry to hear that. I have some personal news to share as well. I think I have a cavity. I, I have to go to the dentist, like definitely. My the back of my and I'm bringing this on the podcast for the Midas Mighty to hold me accountable. Explain why. I got her. Well, I was brushing my teeth before the show, as I do, uh, and yeah, just cavity. Like it hurts a lot. So the, it's either that or I don't know. So I'm, I'm just gonna go to the dentist, and that's why. Can you please not zoom in on me right now? Can we just can we just take it back to the brother framing. We got Jordy with the Jordy with the cavity. We got Brett not feeling all that great, but we are buoyed by the fact that this is indictment season. And look, what we've been following and what we've been tracking here is the data. And when you track the data, when you actually look past the media narratives, the false media narratives, and just kind of the up and down and just disinfo that exists. One from the disinformation echo chamber that is Fox, the other both sideisms of, of uh, large media networks. The data reflected, and I kept on saying it here, and it was a very unpopular opinion that I kept on expressing. I said, I think the Manhattan District Attorney is going to be the first to indict. And, and I based that simply based on, like, I didn't have secret information you know, it was based on what I was just observing in the news, who was testifying, what Alvin Bragg was saying hey, publicly. I mean, by the way, we had Alvin Bragg do a show with us. Karen Friedman Agnifilo, who uh, co-hosts Legal AF, she was the number two deputy of the entire Manhattan District Attorney's Office under Cy Vance. She interviewed Alvin Bragg here. So I was following the data and I was just reflecting that to everybody. And it does seem like any moment now 
uh, Donald Trump will be criminally indicted based on the hush money scheme, the fact that he misclassified intentionally business records um, to call this, this hush money payments uh, legal reimbursements to Michael Cohen and then engaged in other felony acts or other criminal acts that would turn a misdemeanor into a felony. So this would indeed be charged as a felony. For this crime, Donald Trump could be sentenced to up to four years. Um, he would certainly likely serve jail time. So for everyone saying, oh, it's a misdemeanor, he's not going to actually do jail time. No, he would serve jail time just as his CFO is currently in Rikers Island. And by the way, his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, is not there for the amount of time that he should be there. But Alvin Bragg didn't waive any rights to then try uh, Alan Weisselberg for more crimes in the future. So that's one of the things that's also happening is that Weisselberg is now getting a taste of what it's like to be in Rikers Island. And so if you're Alvin Bragg and you want to negotiate and say, okay, how, how was that stay? How were your days in Rikers Island? Because we intend to charge you again. We intend to charge you again. Now do you want to cooperate? And so we will see ultimately what happens there. And by the way, I don't think that this criminal indictment will be the only one from Alvin Bragg, by the way. I think it will be the first indictment from Alvin Bragg for this set of crimes for the hush money payments. But what I would actually anticipate as well, and again, not secret information, Alvin Bragg saying it, if you're actually listening to what he's saying, um, he hasn't used the word superseding indictment, but he says he's still engaged in the criminal investigation of Donald Trump for the other fraudulent business practices that are being pursued as a civil case for the time being by Letitia James. That's set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023, the New York Attorney General's civil case. But I think that before that time, before October 2nd of 2023, we will see a superseding indictment after this indictment, and so you can play back this tape when that happens. So to me, when Donald Trump eventually does go to a criminal trial, I believe it's actually going to be for things even bigger than the Stormy Daniels uh, hush money crimes. But I think that'll obviously be the first set of crimes that uh, Donald Trump will be charged with. And if you want to know my predictions of when I expect to happen, honestly, it could be any minute. Um, but I would certainly expect it to happen now based on the data we have in the next two weeks. I believe it will happen sooner than that. But I want to, for the sake of just giving myself a little bit of cover, I'll just say it'll happen in the month of March. We'll allow, like we'll to, allow the cover. We'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. I would love for it to happen while we're live on air. Not necessarily this second, but at some point when we're live on air. Because, you know, we're going to be scrambling to go live once that news breaks. I mean, every, every morning now, like I wake up because I'm out here on the West Coast, I'm checking my phone at like 2, 3 a.m. to see if any news broke. <laughs> Can I tell you something really selfish? This is really a selfish thing. I, I mean, it's, and it's, it's, I just got to admit, I'm a selfish person here. So... <laughs> I have a meeting tomorrow um, where I where I'm not going to be able to go live, and I, this is why I say like I just want to confess to the Midas mighty. It's a very selfish thought I have. I'm like, can we just not indict him during those hours because <laughs> I know that there's a block of time where I'm not going to be there. So and I and if I don't and if I, I really and selfishly if I can't break the story live, 
I, I'm yeah. gonna be. I, I, I understand this. This this really tortures <laughs> Ben. I like for I, I know I know you all see it just by Ben's output on YouTube. This story <laughs> happens at like one in the morning. We get a call from Ben saying, "I gotta do, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, I gotta do it." <laughs> so he's obsessive over it. So Ben's right. Maybe might have to slip a note to Alvin Bragg. Like, listen, between these are the blackout hours. The same day ways like Disney has blackout dates when you can and cannot use the tickets. These are the blackout hours. You're not allowed to indict between these hours because we need to be able to go live and give it. To I am a little bit like a fiend. It's, it's such a good point. Like last, like last night, I, Trump released something, and I was like, I gotta do, I gotta do a hit right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not known. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not known to just you know have these uh, addictive qualities. That's not you. Ben once started running like out of the blue, and all of a sudden he turned into Forrest Gump. Like he just started running marathons, but not like marathons he would enter. Like he would run like 26 miles a day, and then send us the screenshots before Midas, before you. The guy's a lunatic, but I love. You him. know, you know how Donald Trump has a Coke button, like a a Coca Cola button on his yeah. desk, where he, he presses it and someone has to run him a Coke. We need an indictment button where Ben can press it and we could all just like the Avengers come together and assemble for this live. But I gotta say, like, and I'm not just trying to like toot our own here horn here at the Midas Touch Network, but. The folks who are a part of this network, the audience I'm speaking about, is so lucky to be with us at this moment because of this fact. We have Michael Cohen, the key witness okay. in the case. <laughs> I, was wondering, I was wondering where it was going. I was like, I didn't know where dangerous. Whoa. I was like, whoa. No, whoa. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I don't even understand where you think I was going with it. First off, we have Michael Cohen, the key witness in the case, who has the podcast Political Beatdown with Ben Micellis or over here, where he is breaking the news live as it happens after we wrapped up with the grand jury. You folks got to hear from him first. We have the ex-top prosecutor at the Manhattan DA's office, Karen Friedman Agnifilo, who knows the ins and outs of this case and the people working on this case, who does Legal AF over here. And we just launched a new podcast, Lights On, with Jessica Denson, a former oh. Trump insider. She is the Trump NDA killer who got the NDAs removed for all the folks on the 2016 Trump campaign. She has a new podcast on the network where she is speaking about her experience of coming out of the Trump cult, of how she got people out of the Fox cult. And it is such an interesting, unique perspective that I just don't think folks are getting anywhere else. By the way, make sure, by the way, brand new, make sure you subscribe to Lights On with Jessica Denson right now, anywhere you find podcasts. Where yeah, did you think I was going with that? I'm, I'm I, there, I don't know I'm where there. you were going. I, I don't know, but I'm happy where you ended up. I'll just put it like that. Network's hot right now, and it's all thanks to the Midas Mighty. Thank you all for tuning in day in and day out. I mean, this, I, we're, I truly, we're I, tr I truly, I'm trying to figure it out, but we can move on. It's okay. Uh, we'll, move, we'll, 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 we'll move on. Let's move on. To, <laughs> this is what Donald Trump is uh, putting out on his social media platform, just creating more evidence. Let's. Producer. My podcast 24-7, the pro-democracy movement. Not the one where he talks about uh, it's misogynist, disgusting to even have to read this, but this is where he says, um, I did nothing wrong in the horse face case. I mean, how despicable can you be to say that? I did nothing wrong in the horse face case. I see she showed up in New York today trying to drum up 
some publicity for herself. I need to. Um, oh, I'm chicken go. It's gonna be a cool TikTok. All these dogs looking at me. Trump Jr. found dead. <laughs> Roofers are furious about this new product that's going viral. Replace your whole roof in as little as eight hours? So folks, one of the things that's really baffling to me, and it baffles many of you as well, because you tell me all the time, is that the focus of old Donnie and his family, and indeed most of his political party, isn't actually on the issues that matter to people. And it even isn't just on which hunts against top Democratic politicians. It seems like no one gets more attention than Hunter friggin' Biden. And no offense to Hunter, but you, you don't really matter. He doesn't matter. He's, he doesn't work for his dad. He's just some guy. And yet he gets all of this attention, and his life has been ruined by these Republicans trying to score points on his dad, I guess, and it's failed every single time. But what matters today is that Hunter Biden, in a gourmet, karmic way, has gotten de delicious personal revenge on Trump and Trump Jr. Now remember, Trump Jr. is one of the people that's attacked him most of all. So what I have for you is just a couple examples, all in the last couple weeks or so, of Trump and his eldest son freaking out about Hunter Biden and how everything's unfair about Hunter Biden and, and all of this, but get to a breaking story that implicates Donald Trump and his eld oldest son in a foreign fundraising scheme that may well be criminal with connections to Russia. That for all of the complaining guys about Hunter and his dad and China and whatever, it turns out that Donnie and his eldest son are in the most immediate trouble. Let's start with Trump at one of his most recent high-profile speeches. Again, we got to build the fact that they're trying to make Hunter look bad, but Hunter just scored a victory on them. By the way, where's Hunter? Where is Hunter? Remember? Where's Hunter? Will there ever be a time when Joe Biden says, this thing with Hunter just isn't working out well? I'm starting to get a little angry at Hunter. Or when Hunter comes to him and says, Dad, Dad, we have a problem. What? What is it, son? Another one? Oh, son, you're a disaster, son. Son, you're a disaster. Dad, we have a problem. I left my laptop at the repair shop. Focus of Osani and his family, and indeed most of his political party, isn't actually on the issues that matter to people. And it even isn't just on which hunts against top Democratic politicians. It seems like no one gets more attention than Hunter friggin' Biden. And no offense to Hunter, but you, you don't really matter. He doesn't matter. He's, he doesn't work for his dad. He's just some guy. And yet he gets all of this attention and his life has been ruined by these Republicans trying to score points on his dad, I guess. And it's failed every single time. But what matters today is that Hunter Biden, in a gourmet, karmic way, has gotten de delicious personal revenge on Trump 
and Trump Jr. Now remember, Trump Jr. is one of the people that's attacked him most of all. So what I have for you is just a couple examples, all in the last couple weeks or so, of Trump and his eldest son freaking out about Hunter Biden and how everything's unfair about Hunter Biden and, and all of this, but get to a breaking story that implicates Donald Trump and his eld oldest son in a foreign fundraising scheme that may well be criminal with connections to Russia. But for all of the complaining guys about Hunter and his dad and China and whatever, it turns out that Donnie and his eldest son are in the most immediate trouble. Let's start with Trump at one of his most recent high profile speeches. Again, we gotta build the fact that they're trying to make Hunter look bad, but Hunter just scored a victory on them. By the way, where's Hunter? Where is Hunter, remember? Where's Hunter? Will there ever be a time when Joe Biden says, this thing with Hunter just isn't working out well? I'm starting to get a little angry at Hunter. Or when Hunter comes to him and says, Dad, Dad, we have a problem. What? What is it, son? Another one? Oh, son, you're a disaster, son. Son, you're a disaster. Dad, we have a problem. I left my laptop at the repair shop. And Joe looks at him and says, what's on it, son? What's on it? And Hunter looks back and he says, every single crime that you've ever committed, Dad. Like, you can see him there. He's trying to insinuate that, like, oh, Joe Biden doesn't like his son and he's ruined, his son's ruining his life. Well, we know it's the opposite. Look, Hunter has some troubles. Hunter has a troubled life. And I'm not here to judge him. One thing I know for sure, though, about Joe Biden is that he is a loving father. You've seen it. You've seen that Hunter gets all the love from his father and from, and from, from his stepmom, Jill, and all of that. 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. There is a doubt in my mind about the quality of parenting Trump has given. Yeah, exactly. If you own a home in one of these 11 states of America, do not under any circumstances install solar panels on your roof. It'll end up being the worst decision you've made for your home. Did you know that in certain states of America, the Biden-Harris administration launched new solar initiatives to enable Americans to save large amounts on their electricity bill or even stop paying for power entirely. And in these U.S. states, 11 of them to be precise, Americans will be able to get a complete solar system with roof installation and a Tesla power wall to protect you from blackouts. The nationwide solar website was launched to take applications from all U.S. homeowners. Starting immediately, it's your choice between standard solar panels or solar roof tiles from companies like Tesla that will generate clean energy for your home 24-7. At least his three eldest kids and how, and how they've turned out if I'm being honest. And the point is, they spent all of this time ripping on them. And even at his most recent event that we covered a couple nights ago, the questions from the audience were all about Hunter and Joe, and Trump was freaking out as well there. Go ahead. Mr. President, the mainstream media came after you and your family like crazy. But not one of them seems interested in investigating the Biden crime family or Hunter's laptop. 
they also censored anyone who asked questions in 2020. How do we get to the bottom of this? So the mainstream media had a very high approval rating when I announced I was running for president. And just today I read where it reached an all-time low because people are wise to what's been happening. What they have done, they really are a political arm of the Democrat Party. It's, it's a terrible thing. You saw, you saw last couple of weeks where the FBI and Twitter, it's called Twitter Files, where they work together and they work together with Facebook. You couldn't say anything good about Trump and you couldn't say anything bad about Biden. They had the laptop. They knew all about the laptop. They knew all these crimes are on the laptop and they weren't allowed to do anything. They weren't allowed to talk. And frankly, they have that liberal inclination anyway. But they, even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. I think we're making a lot of progress. I think. See, basically what he's saying is you can blame the entire media collapse on the fact that they don't, they spend too much time talking about me and my kids and not enough time talking about Hunter Biden. That's what he's been, basically what he's saying. He's feeding off that question from the audience. It's, 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 it's deranged. It's deranged. And this is why Hunter getting this revenge for all the focus being on him. And meanwhile, the newest shadiest business deal has nothing to do with the Bidens and everything to do with the Trumps. We're going to get to that. It's connected to true social is again, guys, it's just, it's just gourmet. I just want a big bowl and just to, to an endless bowl just to keep eating it because it's my God, it's, it's great. And here's the, the greatest irony here in some ways is that, uh, you know, Don Jr. continues to freak out himself. I don't know, Hunter's last name had been Trump. If, he, if, if you had been even committed a fraction of what we know Hunter has done just based on pictures of him. Yeah, I, I think it'd be a problem, Carl. I think if I took a billion dollar investment as a crackhead uh, from China, uh, I think these institutions would have a problem with it. If I, if I was taking money from Ukraine and Russia while simultaneously now having a, a father as a president who's literally making decisions with those nations, you know, of course, there's no influence peddling. Of course, they don't have other things. It feels like every enemy we possibly have, both foreign and domestic, has a Hunter Biden laptop. And I imagine they would weaponize that. Now, remember, this is the line that him and his brother Eric have been pushing since at least 2020, like before the election, like in the run up to the election day. You know, uh, me and my, my, my siblings, we always get attacked by the media and Hunter Biden gets a free pass. And, you know, imagine if he was Hunter Trump, he would be vilified and he would be locked up because they hate us and they're protecting the Bidens. And the reason he doesn't get as much attention is because he doesn't work on his dad's. I've said this. He doesn't work on his dad's campaign. His dad doesn't own a big company and he works at the company as an executive. He didn't work in his dad's Senate office when he was senator. He didn't work in his dad's VP office when he was VP. He didn't work for the Biden 2020 campaign. He didn't work for the Biden 2008 when he was, you know, running for president. He didn't work on any of these campaigns. He didn't. But the Trump kids have worked for the Trump campaign or the Trump White House or the Trump business. In some cases, all three, but certainly at least one or two of those, each of the three eldest kids. And so that's why they're political news. But here's the thing, and this is, I could have played this, because this is about a couple of weeks ago, where Hunter started the process of getting his revenge, and my God, it just paid off tonight, which is that he was going on the offensive against some of these Republican ghouls trying to launch uh, these false investigations into him and allegedly stealing data from him and all of that. And Adam Kinzinger basically warned Republicans 
not to get too giddy about the downfall of Hunter Biden, because it could happen to you. It's, it's uh, a little bit confusing to me as to how they would have predicated a, even a request for a search warrant. But nevertheless, this is Hunter Biden going on offense and saying, hey, I'm tired of being the target of all these of all these attacks. In fact, I've been the victim. I'm the one that's had my uh, private information uh, unlawfully accessed, distributed, and then and then and, shared and, with the world. And Andrew, I mean, this is clearly being done ahead of ahead of those hearings. I mean, it, it's not a coincidence, do you think, that, that this is happening just ahead of, of you know, the, the hearings and any potential Justice Department move into the investigation to his taxes? Mm -hmm. uh, I think I lost Andrew. Uh, uh, Congressman Kinziger, uh, the timing of this certainly seems related. Um, yeah, I, I think it is related. I think, look, once you had when the Democrats had control of the House, really the Hunter Biden laptop story was certain cable news channels. It was on the Internet. It was on, you know, talk radio. Now this will be, you know, a because of Congress's oversight, because of their ability to set the agenda, this will now be, quote unquote, a legitimate discussion topic. And I think, you know, if I was a the Hunter Biden team, I'm not a lawyer. And uh, but that's what I would say is you have to go on offense on this. There is no difference in. Having stolen the data, I mean, a computer shop owner who Hunter Biden gave a laptop to to fix. Why aren't you investing in real estate? Seriously, what are you doing to own property in 2023? Not. Look. Who stole his data, which to me has been incredible from the very beginning. That, yeah. that has not been a bigger story. Um, it's yeah. the, this is the equivalent of hacking into somebody. And Steps. To celebrate this and say there's no problem, never understood it, and I think it's a really dangerous path for the GOP to go down. Mm. Isn't that prophetic? Like, like, I'm not a huge Kinzinger fan. Like, I appreciate his service on J6. Far too conservative for me on the issues, but he was right there. And what happened today is very fascinating. I'm going to play you a clip to run it down, because basically what happens is that True Social and the related companies were in bad need of money. And Don Jr. approved a sketchy loan under federal investigation from Russia. First, a new report this morning in The Guardian reveals federal investigators have looked into former President Donald Trump's social media company for possible uh -huh. laundering. Sources familiar with the matter tell The Guardian the probe involves the media company's acceptance of money laundering from a source with suspected Russian ties. Um, but the optics of Trump coming out of the White House as first business venture is, is, is getting, you know, really opaque loans through opaque conduits in off, from offshore banks. I mean, it's not a great look. It's hard to believe, Bolivir. You know, that's how Trump says, you know, you Democrats and you, you fake news hounds, all you ever want to talk about is Russia, 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 with no basis whatsoever. It's just, I mean, it's outrageous. There's the way that he's presenting ample reason to talk about never any evidence tying him to Russia. Ample reason to talk about never. Russia. Talking about going back to the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> they never quite leave it. So Hugo, yeah, um, really, you obviously are wired into Trump world uh, very closely. What is the sense right now from the level of concern? Were there people as this was going on? Were there people involved with the company or involved close to the, to the former president who were nerve noticed and was up here and, and were nervous about it? And what's the degree of worry now? Uh, yeah, well, there was. I mean, some of the officers of the company kind of saw the two million and, and then later the six million and saw that there had been really no vetting or no information about the people who were lending you know, eight million dollars to 
uh, Truth Social's company, effectively. I mean, they had $12 million in cash. $8 million was a significant portion of the stuff they had in their account. And it's funny you say it goes back to the beginning because in December, when the first $2 million was coming in, a lawyer emails Don Jr. and says, hey, you know, this $2 million is coming in. Are we, you know, no guarantee is going to get signed, but are we going to proceed with this? And Don Jr. goes, you know, thanks, John, much appreciated. Let's go ahead with it. And so, you know, I don't want to tie too many connections to Natalia Bethanovskaya and Trump Tower, but somehow Don Jr. ends up getting involved. And then later in February and then spring 2022, when they're trying to audit these payments, there are flags raised, and the then-CFO, Philip Juhan of Trump Media, weighs returning the money. But then they realize, actually, $8 million out of the $12 million is such a big segment, we don't want to return it. That's the thing that they're freaking out. This is the thing that they're trying to manufacture about Hunter Biden, all these shady deals between daddy and the son and the, 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 the foreign countries and the, the influence and all of that. And meanwhile, they're trying to manufacture BS about Hunter and Daddy, his daddy, you know, Daddy Joe, but Daddy Donnie and his oldest son, they have a much more fruitful investigation <laughs> heading their way. And you know Hunter Biden, just sitting back tonight, relaxing hopefully, seeing this happen. I hope he got a bit of revenge tonight. I think he did, and I think this is part of his broad scheme to go on the offense a little bit and make them squirm. Frankly, I don't care that much about Hunter, either way, because again, he doesn't matter all that much, but how he's been treated, you can't help but root for him. It's funny how the Seriously. It's total clickbait, but it's very, <coughs> it's very, um, wonderful clickbait, uh, you know, uh, Don Jr. found dead in his condo, um, <clears throat> um, it should be, <laughs> What would make it even awesomer is if it's uh, from, I don't know, co heroin overdose or whatever. It apparently does copious amounts of coke. So from, uh, you know, OD, that would be very, uh, that would fucking be, um, what would you call that? Poetic justice. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that was pretty good. Good job, Christo Ivalis. Go ahead and find, actually use a lot of his clips. He's got so much great, many great clips. your thumbnails in my pod For my podcast.
Diaper, diaper, dun. Diaper, dun, diaper, dun. I said Pricedale. No, not Pricedale. It's Christo. Hi there. We're caught on the trail of Diaper Don going to jail. We're listening there to There is no company. The warning with Steve Schmidt shorts. Um child labor practices were banned and outlawed more than 110 years ago. Yet in 2023, children as young as 13 and 14 years old are working the midnight shift 12 hours at a time around dangerous machinery that could kill them, maim them, destroy their lives. This is a moral outrage. This action that is detailed in the New York Times that is occurring across America in every jurisdiction servicing every famous brand that you can think of must stop. And the people who are responsible for this must be prosecuted fully. These children belong in school, not in factories. And it is the job of the Health and Human Services Secretary to account for these children, to know what is happening to them, to protect them. And the incompetence of the government of the United States is outlandish and it is outrageous. Our labor practices okay. were banned and let's outlawed go to, more than Let's go to my such subscriptions. Your video. Trump Jr. found dead. <laughs> New subpoenas and Diamond Watch. I love. I love the um, celebrate your home with lamps plus home is your ultimate comfort zone a place where you can be truly you hi i'm karen freeman agnifilo i'm a co-host on the midas media network of the show legal af today i'm going to talk about all things manhattan da and trump so as we are recording this the grand jury in Manhattan is hearing charges against the former president, Donald Trump. And what's going to happen next is the prosecutors in Manhattan will ask the grand jury to vote to indict. And the case that they are considering is the case involving hush money to Stormy Daniels uh, through Michael Cohen, his lawyer at the time, Trump's lawyer at the time. Uh, hush money payments in and of themselves is not a uh, crime, but the way Trump recorded them in his books and records is what makes it a crime. He uh, hid that it was to be paid uh, to her directly. It was recorded as legal fees, which it, they are not. But that only makes it a misdemeanor crime. What makes it a felony in New York, and the, the crime is called falsifying business records in the first degree. What makes that fraudulent entry of a business record a felony in New York is if they're doing it to cover up a crime. And we don't know exactly until we see the indictment exactly what crime 
the Manhattan DA's office is going to allege was committed here or by whom. Because the statute doesn't say, for example, that the cover-up of the crime has to be Donald Trump. It could be Michael Cohen committing a crime, for example, but we'll get to that in a minute. So what's going to happen is that the Manhattan DA's office will ask the uh, grand jury to vote an indictment once the all the witnesses have testified. And we, we heard this week that Donald Trump was given a opportunity, an opportunity to come testify before the grand jury. And that's usually done at the, as, at the very last stage after the grand jury has heard all of the evidence they uh, or most of the evidence or the most significant evidence then they give the defendant notice to see if he wants to uh, come in and give his version of the story now why give notice because does a defendant have a right to testify before the grand jury and the, the answer is yes if they know about the grand jury if they don't if it's just going on in secret which grand juries typically are then he does not have a right but since this has been widely reported that they're in the grand jury the prosecutors were going to be extra careful and give notice so he couldn't make an argument later for example that he didn't have an opportunity to testify if he were to come in and testify he'd have to swear under oath that everything he's telling is the truth and he'd have to waive immunity because everyone who testifies in a grand jury in New York gets what's called transactional immunity meaning they can never be prosecuted for the crime that they're testifying about so nobody thought he would go in and testify because he's not going to waive immunity and give his version of events. He, why would he do that? And then all the statements could be used against him later at trial. Instead, he'll keep going out and, and making statements in the court of public opinion, which he's already started doing. But let's keep talking about the indictment. So let's assume the grand jury votes to indict Trump. What happens next? It will be sealed, okay? So we're not going to necessarily know about it. In fact, he could be indicted already as we speak. It will be sealed until he is brought before a judge. So we will not see that indictment and we will not know what's in the indictment unless, of course, it's leaked. Now, my guess is the number one person who will leak it is Donald Trump himself because he will be told that he has been indicted and he will be given an opportunity to appear before the court at a mutually agreed upon uh, convenient time. Not He can't delay it for a long time, but they would give him a reasonable opportunity to come to New York and appear before a judge. So I think he could potentially leak it. So we... He'll start to talk about it and try to get out in front of it, and he'll try to win over the public. And unfortunately, uh, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, his hands will be tied, and he can't talk about it, despite the fact that Trump will likely be talking about it publicly. He can't talk about it because it's still sealed, and he can't talk about it outside of court. So until he, Alvin Bragg's office and the prosecutors there go to court, we won't hear anything from them regarding, regarding uh, the indictment. It could also be leaked by other people, obviously, grand jurors, although they're not supposed to, could, or others in the court system potentially could. Again, they could all get in trouble, but I'm just um, guessing of different ways uh, that, that this information can get out. So once, uh, once he's indicted, Trump, will, through his lawyers and the prosecutors, will be given an opportunity to surrender uh, and come to New York and appear before court. 
He'll have Secret Service with him at all times. He'll have to be fingerprinted like everybody else when they're arrested. He will be processed, which includes a mugshot being taken, which we probably will not see. And he will be brought before a judge. I doubt he'll be handcuffed. Most defendants are, but I doubt that'll happen here. And, uh, and he'll be brought before a court and he will be told what the charges are and he will be what's known as arraigned before a court where the court tells him what what the charges are and asks him to enter a plea which of course he'll plead not guilty the case will then be adjourned for motion practice which as we all know trump likes to make lots and lots and lots of different motions and uh and we'll try to delay this as long as possible. So again, we don't know exactly what the charges are. I, I, we all think it's going to be um, <clears throat> falsifying a business record in, in the first degree. And again, the crime they're going to cover up uh, could be multiple different crimes. I suspect you're going to see many counts of this charge, uh, one for each entry that was made in the books and records uh, because if you, if you recall, this was $130,000 payment from the Trunk Org to um, Michael Cohen. Your best run or walk starts with a personalized shoe fitting from Roadrunner Sports. See your feet in 3D Roadrunner. with a digital scan to measure your arch type, foot shape, you, and shoe size. Learn how your body moves with video analysis. Personalize your fit and align your body with custom insoles. Finally, our fit experts analyze your stats to find your perfect fitting shoes from all the top brands. Best of all, become a VIP and test run your shoes for 90 days. Find your perfect fit today at Roadrunner Sports. You forget to you do. Come on, man. When you shop Wayfair, you can't help but show off. Because with low prices on Shit, all things home, it's pretty much impossible to keep the deals to Two Stormy Daniels through uh -huh. an intermediary. So there are different steps in the process. And if the Trump org recorded these as legal fees, uh, which Michael Cohen has said they did, then, um, then each one of those recording of it as legal fees, and I think, he, I think it was paid out over the course of a year, um, in, in structured payments, again, why would he, if this was legal and legitimate, why would he structure the payments? Why wouldn't you just make one $130,000 payment all at once? Uh, so each one of those would probably be a separate charge. And, and there could also be multiple theories uh, within each charge of which crime uh, they're using to bump it up to the felony. So there could be multiple charges even within each charge, if, if that makes any sense. This could be a, an indictment with many charges. And, you know, there's been lots of speculation about what the felony is. Could, does it have to be a state crime? Could it be a, uh, a federal crime? What about election law violations? Who has to have committed the crime? Now, don't forget, in August, uh, in August of 2018, Michael Cohen pled guilty to covering up these payments um, and violating federal election laws. So that could be one of the crimes that is um, that is going to be used to bump it up. It's a Class E felony, which in New York is the lowest level felony. It is uh, punishable up to four years, but there's no minimum, so he likely will not go to jail on this charge. Many people are asking why is this minimum. case going first? Depend, you know, there's lots of criminal cases that are being investigated and pending, uh, pending 
to decide whether or not charges are going to be brought. There's there's a, a couple other cases in New York, um, both in the federal uh, federal prosecutors and state prosecutors have are looking at uh, various charges against Trump potentially in New York. There's also Fonnie Willis in Georgia who has a case that uh, regarding the election interference and the find the 11,000 votes. That case is also a state case. And then, of course, there's the special counsel, Jack Smith, who's looking at both the election interference and um, January 6 charges, as well as the Mar-a-Lago classified document uh, obstruction of justice charges. So there's many, many cases. And people want to know, why is this one going first? And is it bad that this one's going first? It's such a low-level crime. One thing to keep in mind is that the statute of limitations is going to run out soon. I think it's in May. So it, they have to, if they're going to bring this case, they have to bring it now. Also, the fact that Alvin Bragg is bringing this now, it's the one he thinks is the most ready to go. Now, one of the arguments Donald Trump is going to make is that the statute of limitations has already run because there was a period of time when Donald Trump was continuously not in New York. So, for example, when he was president and uh, and New York allows that time to be excluded, he will argue that it should be included. So that's something a judge is going to have to rule on. Uh, and also, um, Donald Trump is also going to say, because he said it already, that this is a political hit job and, uh, and he's called Alvin Bragg, a reverse racist, and he's a Democrat. But how do we know this is not a political hit job? Because if that's what Alvin Bragg wanted to do, don't forget, he had the opportunity, Alvin Bragg, to indict Trump over a year ago when he first became the new Manhattan DA after Cy Vance left. It's been widely reported that there was uh, an investigation into Donald Trump's valuation of assets. And, um, and that there were prosecutors in the office who felt that that case was ready to go in the grand jury. Alvin Bragg reviewed the evidence himself and decided that it wasn't ready yet, um, just like Cy Vance, who also didn't bring the case yet. But there was, uh, there was um, a lot of public comment by the prosecutor who, the ex-prosecutor who resigned and also wrote a book about it and saying that he disagreed with the judgment of uh, Alvin Bragg, thinking that um, the case should be brought. But again, if this was a political hit job, why didn't Alvin Bragg bring that case over a year ago? It's because Alvin Bragg, just like Cy Vance, just like Robert Morgenthau and, and any prosecutor worth their salt, what they do is they bring cases without fear or favor. They look at the evidence, they follow where it goes, and if there's a case to be brought, they bring it. They don't bring cases based on politics, and that's what Alvin Bragg is doing here. So he still, and he says that that other case is still being investigated and still open. So let's, let's see how that goes. Uh, Michael Cohen has testified in the grand jury twice in this case. Um, he is a great uh, person to give color to this indictment and describe the facts surrounding it. He was the person in the room, uh, and he's the person who negotiated all of this. But of course, he's a tricky witness uh, for the prosecution because you have to corroborate everything he says. Why do you have to corroborate everything he says? Because he has uh, several uh, convictions himself, including one for lying to Congress and also for his own tax uh, tax fraud, et cetera, in addition to the um, election 
election, federal election law uh, conviction associated with this case. So you have to corroborate everything he says, and and that takes time, which is why I think this case took a while and wasn't brought before. Donald Trump has also uh, got, come out and said, in addition to criticizing Michael Cohen and calling this a political hit job, he's also coming out and saying... I didn't have an affair, that I'm the victim of extortion. But in, be, having an affair is not is an element of the crime of, uh, of, of crime, um, yeah. falsifying a business record, so it kind of doesn't matter. And, and paying someone hush money isn't a crime. It's that he didn't record it properly, that he didn't say it was for legal fees, and that he, um, that he was covering up a crime, that it would benefit his election, as this was done in weeks right before the election in October. So the timing of this is how we know uh, that that that's what this is as well. And, you know, he, he's going to say, and he keeps saying, I didn't do this. You know, I, I was a victim of extortion, and that's why I paid her off. Um, but, but that I don't think that defense is going to fly. I think he's just trying to win over people in the court of public opinion. But just remember, when he says that, it's not an element of the crime. And if he was a victim of a crime, why wouldn't he go to the police? Why wouldn't he just say, you know what? She's a porn star. Who's going to believe her over me? I did not do this. And she's lying, and she extorted me. Go after her that way. You know, it's not, she's not the first person to accuse him of, of this. So, you know, I, I don't quite understand this toll. It's embarrassing. Uh, it's an it's an embarrassment, and that's why I paid it. Story. He, this man is not embarrassed by anything. He was, his Access Hollywood tape, tape where he talks about how he, you know, forcibly kisses women without their consent or without asking for consent and grabs them by the you know what. This man doesn't isn't going to worry about being accused of, of something uh, by by somebody who he is calling names and unattractive and is a porn star. He will disparage the way he already has. But what is he doing? He's testing out these court of public opinion defenses, you know, and he's coming out and, and saying all these things. And, uh, and we'll see how they go. You know, I, I could see him firing his current lawyers and, and changing his theory if this doesn't go over well. Um, so, you know, this is a case that, you know, we will expect him to come before a New York court. We think that he will uh, voluntarily come to New York. Some people have asked, you know, can he refuse to come? Um, can New York arrest him in Florida? Can Ron DeSantis refuse to cooperate with New York? Um, but that is not possible. He... Uh, he can delay coming, but he can't stop it. You know, there's two ways that, that he could be required to come here. There's something called interstate extradition, which is recorded by uh, required by Article 4, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, which forces the extradition process, um, you know, it, between states. And there's also an interstate uh, agreement of detainers that requires um, this agreement between states and you know the standard way to extradite someone is just an agreement between the governors of each state you know so what happens if if um, DeSantis refuses to sign the paperwork it's it's really administrative and ministerial but let's say he, for argument's sake since you know he's almost as lawless okay. or as lawless um, 
as Trump, you know, let's say he just refuses uh, to sign this. There is a second way to extradite him, and it's called a warrantless pre-requisition arrest. Um, I think prosecutors would go to Florida and try to, they don't have jurisdiction. No one in New York law enforcement has jurisdiction to arrest someone in Florida, but they would, they would work something out with Florida law enforcement and have him brought before a judge and a judge would have to order him to come to New York. But I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think he's going to come here voluntarily and, and go through the arrest, arrest processing and see a court and be indicted. Um, lots of people are also asking, will this prevent him from running for president or being president? And the answer is no. Even if he's indicted and convicted, nothing prevents him from running for president uh, or being president. And so, unfortunately, um, I don't know that this is the case that's going to be holding him accountable. I don't even know that he'll ever uh, he'll ever serve a day in jail with respect to this case. But I think he will be charged with an indictment very shortly. I think we're going to hear about it soon, and uh, he's going to have to face these charges in New York. I also think that um, very quickly we'll see other charges coming from other jurisdictions, and we might even see new charges coming from the Manhattan DA when they're ready to bring uh, other cases that they're looking at. So that's what you have. That's the Manhattan DA's office and Trump indictment 101. Uh, thank you for listening and tune in every Wednesday and Saturday to Legal AF on the Midas Media Network. I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Thank you for joining me today. At Midas Talk, Karen. <laughs> Um... So, that's what I wrote. That was great, Karen. Thank you for your service. Question, can we do citizen's arrest? Another question, how to invoke 14th Amendment? And disqualify all of them from ever holding public office again. Right. Y'all still there? Ugh. Yes, you are. Hello, darlings. Shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Arizona. And keep your words deep. That's why you Travel Radio, Travel Radio, Travel Radio. On the road, travel radio, travel radio.
Daughter of the Princess of the Nile, wow. Ancient Cube of Power. Tesseract Merkaba. Oh, I was just telling somebody named Merkaba. Do you know what a Merkaba is? Ancient Cube of Power. Today is the last day for you to lock in your chance to say he on this. Travel Radio. Travel Radio. Travel Radio. Billy Carson explains the purpose and power of the ancient Tesseract. Merkaba and the flower of life. Forbidden knowledge. Forbidden. It's all forbidden. Forbidden knowledge, yes. Go and. Um. Why is this important? They did case studies. It was a person, a gentleman, unfortunately, that was struck by lightning in a baseball game. I think it was in Boston about maybe 30 years ago. But the cameras caught it. The leader strike coming out of the top of his head leaping up to connect with the cloud why is this important because what i say comes out of your mind light when you think you send light out into the atmosphere which then it's a leader strike if you want to take the same allegory okay comparison that leader strike is coming out of your mind that thought wave of light is coming out and it's jumping and connecting with the universal consciousness and making that direct connection. And that's how you're getting access to information in space-time. This is as above, so below. Whatever happens above, is what's happening below. You can see the fractal branching patterns in this, the same as a human lung. It's as above, so below. Everywhere you look in this entire universe, you're going to find out everything is as above, so below, from the largest scale to the smallest scale. Now we're going to get into something that the ancients knew very well, because they knew about the Tesseract. The Tesseract is a four-dimensional cube, and this cube is unmatched and unparalleled power, which we're going to talk about. The four-dimensional cube is the fundamental base and source of the cross, which was actually originally the Coptic cross, long before anything having to do with the biblical cross. This is where why those Coptic churches all over Egypt and Cairo, especially of course the Coptic Cairo, that represent the cross. This is the origination of the Coptic cross, is the four-dimensional tesseract. This is where this is what was inside of the uh, Ark of the Covenant, and the four-dimensional cube in there with power, was the power source. It was, it was what was inside of the stone coffin box inside of the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid that gave, the, uh, that gave Egypt power long after the previous method had dried up because the aquifer underneath the Great Pyramid dried up which means we couldn't generate any more physiostatic electricity. So the Ark of the Covenant was put in that box. That box inside the King's Chamber are the same exact dimensions of the Ark of the Covenant, and it had a tesseract powering it from the inside. You guys, believe it in the fractal holographic universe, crystals was the reason why I did a show on Dane Bixby was called Crystals Are Sentient Living Beings. Crystals are really the fundamental basis in fractal geometry. So this is what a Merkaba looks like, it's a double star tetrahedron. Merkaba, also spelled Merkaba, with the A-H at the end, translates literally into light, spirit, body. The Merkaba symbol is a shape of tetrahedrons that spin in opposite directions, so it's counter-rotating tetrahedrons, creating a three-dimensional energy field. 
and this energy is inside the body, which we're going to talk about, okay? So where did the energy source come from to create a Merkaba? Scientists concluded that the average human body contains approximately 37.5 trillion cells. Each cell generates 0.07 volts of electricity at 37.5 trillion cells. That's 2.63 trillion volts of electricity in a human body. You got a lot of power inside of you. This is where Qigong energy comes from. People using Qi energy, it's not magic. They're accessing the energy and power that's inside of the cells in their own body. This cell exists at the cell wall, and when you learn how to move the chakra energy through the body, you can extract this energy from the cells, and, and basically you can, uh, you can then direct it in different directions, not only direct it through your body, but even direct it externally out of your body. A lot of people didn't realize in the matrix and would be like, why are they plugging human beings into these artificial wounds? Like, how can you get energy out of that? Like, why? This is why. Imagine seven billion people extracting all this, uh, all these volts out of seven billion people. That's enough power to generate to, to probably, you know, power three planets or four planets. We have a lot of energy inside of our bodies. If you look at the cover of the animal tablets of Thoth, you see that he's holding in his hand what? A Merkaba, a star tetrahedron. Uh, very interesting. One of the things, and he's got the, uh, the representation of the flower of life at the top. So Hermes Trismegistus is one of the greatest speakers on this topic. Master of all sciences, perfect in all crafts, ruler of the three worlds, scribe of the gods, and keeper of the book of life. Both Hermes Trismegistus, three times the greatest, the first intelligencer, was regarded by the ancient Egyptians as the embodiment of the universal mind. Well, in all probability, there actually existed a great sage and educator by the name of Hermes. It is impossible to educate the historical man from the mass of legendary accounts which attempt to basically discredit him. But the man was real. In my opinion, he was a real person. He's been everywhere. Many people have seen him. So that's uh, from Manly D. Hall. Uh, so Hermes states that his knowledge of the
creation according to Hermes. In the beginning, Noah, which was also known as God, created a second Noah. These are circles of spheres. Who becomes a craftsman and creates the world. Noah too creates seven powers and seven spheres around what will become the earth. The spheres have control over what will be the earth. They control what we know of as destiny. The seven spheres are the moon, sun, Mercury, Venus, and Saturn. Here is the beginning of the solar system. The spheres in motion and life begins on earth. This is the allegorical uh, reference to the seed of life which we're looking at right here where we have these intersecting, seven intersecting circles uh, uh, around the, six intersecting circles, I'm sorry, around the seventh uh, circle, which create um, this pattern in life that basically is at the base of everybody's spine right now. From the moment that you were born through the, through the process of mitosis, these cells, these seven cells form this base of your spine. They form this actual geometric uh, figure and they're actually still there, they never leave. They're still there in the base of your spine right now. Life is based off of geometry. This is the mitosis that I was talking about. And you can see the transference from one form to the next. And inside of the, um, the flower of life pattern here, when you get more complex cell uh, division, you now, inside within that, is what we call the, uh, the tree of life. Also, the tesseract is in there. The vesica pistis is in there. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, vector equilibrium is in there, and the Merkaba uh, is in there as well. So all of these uh, images here are basically saying the same exact thing. You have the toroidal energy field of the torus. If you remember earlier when we first started talking, I was talking about um, uh, using a ferrofluid fluid vortex engine to create anti-gravity or, or weight reduction by putting the uh, ferrofluid, which is mercury, inside of a steel torus. So a torus, if I had a steel torus on the stage, it would be round and it would look like a gigantic steel donut with actually a hole in the middle. And the energy flow is moving up and around this flow. That's the shape of our actual universe. And all planets have a toroidal energy field and all human bodies have one as well. When you turn your engine on in your car, it creates a toroidal energy field just like these around the engine case. This is part of the hyperdimensional physics that operates all around us 24-7. You see the Sri Yantra, a lot of people didn't realize that that had anything to do with that. The Merkaba, which is a double star tetrahedron light vehicle, uh, which is created by your own body. And then the aura, somebody says, I see your aura. Everybody has an aura. Right now we're all sitting here with auras. There's a field emanating from us 8 to 10 feet away from our body. Some people have the capability of projecting at 15 to 20 feet. So everybody that's sitting within a certain range with somebody here, is not only able to uh, interact with the aura of that person, but you can even also download information from that aura. That aura carries digital information. This is where you get a vibe about somebody. Your vibes, good vibe, good vibe, bad vibe, whatever. That comes from part of that aura. If somebody's under a lot of duress, they will start to leak cortisol into their aura. And then your body will then Right through your skin, which is one of your biggest organs, which is your biggest organ, will, uh, will take in that cortisol from their aura, and then you will begin to feel down like them. That's why you have to get away from people that are in distressed states, bad, bad mind states, that are angry, that are, that are sorrowful and everything else. You have to deal with them if they're a loved one, of course, but you have to find a way to rejuvenate and re re refresh yourself, too, because that, you're, chemically, you're taking on, empathetically and chemically, you're taking on their sorrow and it's bringing you down, okay?
Nicholas Tesla, if you knew the magnificence of three, six, and nine, you would have the key to the universe. That's embedded into this uh, Merkaba, into, into the star tetrahedron as well. Toroidal energy flow is the key to the whole thing. The energy flow that's moving around us and in us at all times and up and through us. When I tell people that the energy, the divine energy is inside of us, if you had the capability of seeing just the aura, this is what it would look like. You'd see the human body in the middle, you see the energy flow up and around. This energy flow can be applied to tetrahedrons, which are pyramid structures. It can be applied to planets and moons. It can be applied to machinery. Today I'm going to show you the seven things you must do immediately after an EMP strike. Each one is important, and I think it will totally take you by surprise. The first thing you need to do is determine if it's a normal blackout or something deadly like an EMP. So every time the power goes out, check your mobile phone. If it's dead, you're probably dealing with an EMP. To make sure, check a few other electronic devices you may have in your home that are not plugged in, and should still work in the blackout. Or the second thing you must do is secure what water you still can. This toroidal flow powers everything. So this is what you really look like, basically. So this is what I want to tell you. This flow, even in plants, this toroidal energy flow is everywhere. Every, uh, everything that generates power uh, has a power source attached to it, has a toroidal flow, and that toroidal flow can create a Merkaba. It's just that we have the capability of utilizing that Merkaba for travel. The ancient and ascended masters have used it for travel, including both the Atlantean, I talk about it in my book, he literally creates one and travels outside of this plane of existence and he goes to other planets and watches civilizations rise and fall. That's amazing. <laughs> so you have to, you have to like, so or right to kill the camera with your consciousness, you manipulate it into becoming the person? You manipulate it into counter-rotating uh, tetrahedrons. So you, you change that flow into channel of Well, within the flow. Okay. Within, within this flow, that flow stays steady and constant. But within the flow, there's two star tetrahedrons, or one star tetrahedron that you basically uh, create a counter-rotation with through consciousness, meditation, and then so you're able will, to, willpower. with willpower, okay. you're able to then, in, in a form of astral projection, which we're going to have to talk about a little bit tomorrow, you're able to then travel and we're going to also then link that with remote viewing, sending mind outside of space and time. We're going to do that tomorrow as well, which is something that they did over here. You know, the power of stuff. This is how they would literally, uh, or he felt himself, he would literally travel other places, other realms, other planets, and leave his body behind. It wasn't magic, it wasn't anything crazy. He had understood two primary principles Merkaba, uh, ascension of vehicle, and remote viewing. You know, that's um, the divine feminine is the energy emanating from the vesica pisces in the flower of life. That's like the energy source that where you can get tap into zero point energy. It comes out of a womb. <laughs> Literally. All the energy we would ever need to power everything in this entire planet or on this entire planet comes from the vesica pisces through the divine feminine energy. The energy that is creating what we consider to be reality in this dimension is a actual feminine energy. You need masculine and feminine. It has nothing to do with gender in terms of being gay or straight or all these other kind of things. It has to do with the nature of the energy itself is a feminine energy. 
all life comes out of wombs, and the energy that emanates into the third dimension and is emanating in from the Vesica Pisces, which is where the intersecting circles occur, is energy coming through a womb. Um, so all life starts in womb, and that's where you, um, that's where you see the divine energy. The masculine is supposed to give balance to that. Unfortunately, what's happening is we run away with over masculinity. Uh, you know, in terms of dominance of the planet. So we've suppressed the divine feminine, and the evidence of it can be seen all around the planet. The toroidal structure of the human energy field has been mapped out by the Institute of HeartMath. They've used sensitive electrocardiographs, or EKGs, to measure the electromagnetic pulses that emanate from the center of our torus, the heart, uh, the heart, the field generated, uh, was measured to extend up to 12 feet around the human body, and they discovered that humans and other animals can sense this energy field when it's close in proximity to one another. This is real science, guys. Not fake science, not pseudoscience, not just guys just up here blabbing, talking some stuff that you think might be real. This is peer-reviewed, vetted information that I'm giving you. History has talked about the Merkaba mostly as a vehicle that allows a person to ascend or descend into the higher or lower worlds. But actually, the Merkaba is much more than just a vehicle ascension. It can really be anything. Since it's a primal pattern that created, it's a primal pattern that created all things in all universes, both visible and invisible. In the Bible, there is a reference to Ezekiel and the wheels within wheels, which by Ezekiel ascended into heaven. In the Torah, there is a reference to the Merkaba. M-E-R-K-A-B-A-H, it's spelled that way in Hebrew, which has two different meanings. One is the meaning, one meaning is chariot, which is a vehicle, and the other is throne of God. When the two definitions are combined, the true meaning uh, comes to life. You know, so it's really amazing what you're talking about here. You say, so, this is deep stuff. In ancient Egypt, the primal pattern was called the Merkaba. It was actually three words, not one. Mer meaning kind of light that rotated within itself. Ka meaning spirit. In this case, referring to the human spirit. And Ba meant the human body. Uh, though it also could mean the concept of reality that spirit holds. And so the entire words in ancient Egypt referred to uh, as rotating life that would take the spirit and the body from one world to another. Ironically, the atomic structure of gold is the same geometric shape uh, as a star tetrahedron, which we're going to look at. So this is the Star of David. Obviously, a lot of people have seen this before. Chris Champy. You know, I talk to a lot. I have a lot of Jewish friends. Champy. My friend Al, who I talked to you about earlier, he's a Jewish guy. And, um, you know, I, I like to bring up questions just to see what people understand or how much they do understand about their religion that they practice. And, uh, you know, they they really think that this has something to do with just religion and nothing, nothing to do with any kind of metaphysical or technological or spiritual national, um, information other than just...
when side by side with five pointed star, it served as a magical sign or decoration. In the Middle Ages, the Star of David appeared with greater frequency among Jews, but did not assume any special religious significance. Uh, it is found as well in some medieval cathedrals. The term Magan David, which is Jewish um, liturgy, signifies God as a protector shield. Attached magical power to King David's shield, just as the earlier non-Jewish shield of Solomon. So this just goes into basically explaining the history of the Star of David and what it's kind of really about. But the true meaning of it, which is what we're going over now, has been completely lost and forgotten. Of course, you know about as above, so below. So let's look at this. This is the periodic table of elements. <clears throat> and in here, uh, let me see if this has element 115 on it. It does, yeah, okay. Element 115, the reason why I brought that up is amazing because. Um, uh, there was a gentleman that was talking about Element 115 about 20 years ago, <laughs> before it even made the chart of elements, and people told him he was a whack job and a crazy, and he was saying that, um, you know, they were saying that uh, he didn't know anything about this Element 115, and it didn't exist, and it could never exist, it was an unstable element, blah, blah, blah. He was saying that he worked at Area 51, and that he had uh, privy information to these alien reproduction vehicles <clears throat> that were powered using element 115, 20 years ago. They called him a crackpot, <clears throat> they erased all of his history, they, they, um, they said he was a psychopath and, and all this other stuff, and that he was a panderer and all this stuff. Now, 20 years later, oh, we found element 115, we discovered it, it's real. It's a real element. Not only did, not, not only did they discover it, they had to put it on the periodic table of elements. Interesting. So I got a little sidetracked there because that's a little piece of history that's really amazing to me. But um, we're looking at AU, which is gold, okay? This is gold, one of the most coveted elements on this planet, gold. And gold is what? A star tetrahedron Merkaba. A Merkaba. And, of course, they're used for technological purposes because gold is an amazing element that you can use for electric conduction of electricity. You can use it for radiation, uh, uh, to defer radiation, in other words, in my vehicle that I have, it doesn't have tin, it doesn't need tin. It has gold particles inside the glass, and that keeps out the UV radiation, it keeps the inside of my car cool. Some of the more higher end cars, they have gold flakes inside the window. This is why, when I come to my community, I can't just drive through with the barcode on the inside of the car because of the gold reflection, which reflects back the signal. I have to open the window and put the thing outside for it to pick up the, the engine and open the gate. Metatron's cube. In sacred geometry, Archangel Metatron, the angel of life, oversees the flow of energy in a mystical cube known as Metatron's cube, which contains all of the geometric shapes in God's creation and represents the patterns that make up everything God has made. Also known as the Tesseract. Billy Kashni explains how this was a mysterious cube of power. Wow. Follow this link to follow all 37 episodes of Billy Carson's
Although most of the stuff is on mm. is on YouTube actually. So but I want to support him. Okay, this is how Ancient Aliens Wow this sounds interesting. Recently uploaded thirteen hours ago. This is how ancient aliens gave birth to and control secret societies in the modern world. Wow. Paul Samus here. Welcome to the enchanted forest of host defense. Here, hidden among the... Could there be a connection between extraterrestrial visitations thousands of years ago and the secret societies of our modern world? As bizarre as that might sound, there's more reason for such a notion to be true, if only in part, than many of us might think. As we will examine, the origins of secret societies, specifically Freemasonry, appear to stretch right the way back to the mystery schools of ancient Egypt and Sumer, as taught to them by the gods. And according to some researchers, not only were the gods of these ancient civilizations very real, but they were extraterrestrial in nature. Although there are several different theories regarding the ancient astronaut theory, one of the most interesting and widely known is that of Zacharias Sitchin, whose translation of the Sumerian cuneiform tablets now, tells us a remarkable story going back almost a Sitchin didn't translate anything, he interpreted it. A million years. In its most basic form, according to Sitchin's translations, an alien race called the Anunnaki arrived from their home planet of Niburu around 450,000 years ago in order to mine for gold to repair the wrecked atmosphere of their own world. The Anunnaki established their main presence in what is today modern-day Iraq. They did, however, have outposts and gold mining operations in various different places, including in the Americas and Africa. Initially, the Anunnaki themselves mined the gold. However, they quickly began to suffer from the toil of the labor involved, and a rebellion of sorts threatened to break out. In order to quell this, the leaders of the Anunnaki looked to create a worker race, taking their own DNA and mixing it with the most intelligent indigenous species on Earth, Homo erectus or Neanderthals. Eventually, the product of this genetic creation was human beings. Human beings, aside from a very human few beings. select humans who were taught the wisdom of the gods and acted as a go-between the masses, mined gold for the Anunnaki for thousands of years. However, as they grew in number, conflict began to arise, both between humans and the Anunnaki and between the Anunnaki themselves. Ultimately, 
around 4000 BC and following several wars between rival fractions of the Anunnaki, a decision was made to divide the planet up, with the Anunnaki retreating from public view and installing royal families and high priests to rule on their behalf. And some of these kings and queens well may have been half human and half Anunnaki, meaning, however speculative, the bloodline of the Anunnaki may still exist on Earth today. We might ask if these translations and dates are accurate. Is it a coincidence that such ancient civilizations as those in Sumer, Egypt, and the Indus Valley were suddenly thriving around the same time? Were these civilizations essentially ruled by puppet kings who themselves were answerable to the Anunnaki themselves and who ruled in name only? And might this indirect rule continue today? Indeed, it is with these royal dynasties and high priests that secret knowledge and wisdom was left, knowledge that was to be handed down only to a select initiated few in the mystery schools hidden away from the masses. As researcher and author Mike Barra stated, it was at this moment that secret societies were created. Barra also pointed around the same time, were these civilizations conflict began to arise, both between humans and the Anunnaki, and between the Anunnaki themselves. Ultimately, around 4000 BC, and following several wars between rival fractions of the Anunnaki, a decision was made to divide the planet up, with the Anunnaki retreating from public view and installing royal families and high priests to rule on their behalf. And some of these kings and queens well may have been half human and half Anunnaki, meaning, however speculative, the bloodline of the Anunnaki may still exist on Earth today. We might ask if these translations and dates are accurate. Is it a coincidence that such ancient civilizations as those in Sumer, Egypt, and the Indus Valley were suddenly thriving around the same time? Were these civilizations essentially ruled by puppet kings who themselves were answerable to the Anunnaki themselves and who ruled in name only. And might this indirect rule continue today? Indeed, it is with these royal dynasties and high priests that secret knowledge and wisdom was left, knowledge that was to be handed down only to a select initiated few in the mystery schools hidden away from the masses. As researcher and author Mike Barra stated, it was at this moment that secret societies were created. Barra also points out, and as they grew in number, conflict began to arise, both between humans and the Anunnaki, and between the Anunnaki themselves. Ultimately, around 4000 BC, and following several wars between rival fractions of the Anunnaki, a decision was made to divide Factions. the planet up, with the Anunnaki retreating from public view and installing royal families and high priests to rule on their behalf. And some of these kings and queens well may have been half human and half Anunnaki, meaning, however speculative, the bloodline of the Anunnaki may still exist on Earth today. We might ask if these translations and dates are accurate. Is it a coincidence that such ancient civilizations as those in Sumer, Egypt, and the Indus Valley were suddenly thriving around the same time? Were these civilizations essentially ruled by puppet kings who themselves were answerable to the Anunnaki themselves and who ruled in name only. And might this indirect rule continue today? Indeed, it is with these royal dynasties and high priests that secret knowledge and wisdom was left, knowledge that was to be handed down only to a select initiated few in the mystery schools hidden away from the masses. As researcher and author Mike Barra stated, it was at this moment that secret societies were created. Barra also points out another intriguing detail. 
When we examine apparent connections to the Freemasons a little later, we might note that a particular concept of the Anunnaki was the creator of all, which is perhaps not a million miles away from the great architect of the universe. It is worth our time briefly examining the notion that Jesus himself is rumored to have spent two years in the mystery schools of ancient Egypt and Heliopolis. And what's more, while Jesus was teaching one thing for the public consumption of the masses, he would teach his real wisdom privately and only to a select few. These teachings, according to some, were likely remarkably similar to the rituals and teachings of Freemasonry centuries later. Perhaps it is briefly worth mentioning the rising of Lazarus, which many claim echoes Masonic rituals of being born again or rising from the dead. If we fast forward to just over a thousand years after the time of Jesus, we find ourselves in the realms of the Knights Templar, who officially at least came into existence in 1118 to offer safe passage for the Crusades. Why aren't you investing in real estate? Seriously, what are you doing to own property in 2023? Look, I get it. You might even be thinking right now, well, Sean, it's because I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars just sitting around doing nothing. Okay, that's why, right? But just for a second, I want you to think what... So, hmm. Bible secrets revealed, the forbidden scriptures lost to time. Like Sean's did 10 months ago on History Channel. This program explores the mysteries of the Bible from a variety of historical and theological perspectives which have been debated for centuries. Are there chapters in the Bible that are missing? There are a number of earth-shattering texts that we will likely never see in our lifetime. Stories that have been censored these are books that allegedly were providing hidden or secret teachings. And entire characters that have disappeared. Any book that didn't have the backing of influential people gets cast out. But why? What was originally in the Bible that was so shocking, so outrageous, that it should be forbidden? They were denounced as the worst kind of blasphemy against Christ. It is one of the most important books ever written. Its contents have been studied, debated, and fought over for thousands of years. But does the Bible also contain secrets? Secret prophecies? Secret characters? Secret texts? Now, for the first time, an extraordinary series will challenge everything we think, everything we know, and everything we believe about the Bible. Reincarnation, they didn't want to 
any um, gospels with reincarnation, like Mary Magdalene, and also the extraterrestrials like the Book of Enoch. Every year, global sales of this 2,000-year-old bestseller exceed 100 million copies. Uh, they give them away. But not all Bibles are the same. Don't buy the Bible. The most obvious difference, of course, is that Judaism only recognizes what Christians refer to as the Old Testament. But even Christians use different versions of the Old and New Testaments. These vary not only in language and translation, but in terms of what is included and what is not. For example, most Protestant Bibles, including the King James Version, contain 66 books. The Catholic Bible includes 73. But the Bible of the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, a Christian denomination of 45 million followers in Africa, has 81. One of the secrets of ancient Christianity is that 